what I wanted to do today is just tie up everything that we've been talking about with this um, one. In the, we've been looking at one John, and and the title of what we've been looking at is living and loving. Living and loving. So the first week we looked at living in the light. In fact, the first two weeks we looked at those together, didn't we? I brought some teaching. And then the second week we, we looked at it together uh, at tables about living in the light. And some of the things that we talked about, you see, is that what I love about this gospel, not this gospel, this letter of John, is that he starts talking about Jesus. And as we find, we'll find out in a moment, he finishes up focusing on Jesus. And um, living in the light, we looked at the thoughts that, that we, we can be strong as we live in the light, that we can know Jesus, that we can love him with all our hearts. We can, if, if we've not been living in light, there's this opportunity that John gives us about this spiritual reset. And I talked about this resetting of, of confessing, obeying, and living. And then we talked about living in the truth. The last couple of weeks we've been doing that, living in the truth. And um, some of the things that uh, John talks about is this, in order for us to live in the truth, we need to stop loving the world. We need to do the will of God. We need to know the truth and we need to remain faithful. And then last week we talked about this continuation. If you look at uh, the, the language of, of John in his letter, um, in, the, in the latter parts of it, he talks about continuing. And we looked at that word continue, that it can mean a number of things. It can mean to resume or proceed in a certain state or condition. It can mean continue to keep talking, keep talking, continuing with that. It can also talk, we talked about this maintaining of an unaltered condition. And, that we, and continuing means about moving on, traveling onward. Or doing something repeatedly. And then there was this other meaning for continue is, is continue means to resume after an interruption. And sometimes we are interrupted for whatever reason. Something might happen in our lives. We may walk away from God for one reason or we're not living in the light. We're not living in the truth. But there's this great hope this, that John brings us that we can continue, that we can resume. We can carry on from where we were. And continue presumes that we are already doing something. And so last week I was calling us up to keep going. If there's been an interruption, to keep going. And so I want to finish today by looking at the last couple of chapters of 1 John. So we're going to be going from 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. And we're going to have to fly through this, but that's fine. Because you see, I was, I was writing and I was reading and I was studying this over the last couple of weeks, thinking about what we were going to do. And as I was reading the words of John here, he sums it all up for us. And so to begin with, I'm going to, I'm going to read this out. And I'm not going to read it all out in one go because it's an interesting passage, this, from, from 1 John 4, verse 7. There's a, he says the word God, and he says the word love a lot. And so when you read it all together, you get all a bit confused about God and love and, and living and all those things. And sometimes, I don't know about you, it, it, it's a little bit confusing. So we're going we're gonna to walk through it slowly together. Verse 7 says this, Dear friends, let us continue 
to love one another. So he's straight back in with this language of continuing. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And so we could stop there, actually, couldn't we? And say, right, okay, friends, continue to love one another. That's the instruction from Jesus, isn't it? You know, we've been looking at Jesus' words from John chapter 13. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so John says, look, friends, let us continue to love one another. And I want to say that to us today. Let us continue to love one another, living and loving, living in the love of God and living out his love. And then verse 9 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. It is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. And so John, as as I mentioned over the last couple of weeks, he constantly keeps us with this perspective of eternity. That the reason that we love one another, the reason that God loves us is that he sent his son to die for us so that if we proclaim him as our Lord, then we have this eternity with him. In fact, eternity's already started, hasn't it? And this is this living and this loving. But I love those two words in verse 9. Which say, in my version, it says, God showed. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son. And in order for us to be living in loving, in order for us to be living in God's love and living out that love, we need to be showing that love. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you today to continue to love one another and also to show God's love. Because you remember what we were saying? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So continue to love one another. Show God's love with that perspective always that Christ is going to return and that we have eternity with him. That is our perspective, this real love that God loved us. You know, John in his gospel, we know the verse, God loved us, loved the world so much. He sent his son. God loves us so much. He tells us again that he sent his son. And verse 11 says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God loved us so much that he sent his son. And surely, surely we should be able and should be loving each other. Verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love has been brought to full expression through us. Let's pause there. I'm going to come around and ask a couple of questions in a minute. 
about this verse because this intrigues me. You see, how I understand this is that, that John is saying that we've never seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. So that people will see God in us when we love one another. And then he talks about this full expression. His love has been brought to full expression through us. That intrigues me. What, what do you think about that? What, what do you think he's saying there? What is John saying? How is this full expression in us? Who can I pick on today? Stuart, what do you think that means? It means that um, we can bear the whole character of Jesus when we live. And therefore, because he was... Um, when we look at him, we see the Father. Therefore, when people see us, they should be able to see a full expression of him. And that, exci- that is exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's a, a big responsibility. But as, we, as John will keep telling us in this passage, God lives in us. Christ lives in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are in us so that the full expression of God's love can be seen and shown in us. Anybody else got any thoughts about that? Um, Bernard and I were sat over our sausage and egg this morning chatting about various things. And something prompted me to put on the This Is Me thing from The Greatest Showman. And because he's small, I actually put the bit from the film. And he was saying, why has that lady got a beard? And, and just pointing out their dis, you know, dissimilarity to what we would see every day. So when they went into the ballroom, everybody draws away from this crowd of people who were in the circus because they are so different and alien and people are scared. And I said to him, do you think that was nice? And he said, no, that's not okay. And I think this is what God is telling us. We should love a person because of who they are. Because who they are is who God made them. So this is me. might sound a bit selfish, but me, I am what God made me into. And we just talked about the fact that we should love whoever's there. And it doesn't matter what they look like. They are them. And they are God's creation. And so I think this is God's perfect love. Because as John tells us in this passage, God loved us first. And he just and we just, you know, God showed his love for us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. So we really ought to love each other, you know, if, if God loved us that much. Let's move on. I love that verse. And, um, be, you know, look at that again, maybe, and, and, and ask Holy Spirit to sort of make that really come alive to you. And verse 13 says, And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Wow. His spirit is proof. Holy Spirit, we've looked at this uh, throughout this, you know, living in the light, living in the truth. We have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive in us. And I just love how uh, the Trinity here, Father, Son, and Spirit, is interwoven throughout this passage. It's so exciting and really, really good. And I love that. And God has given us his Spirit. So we have everything in us to be able to live for him and love for him because he's in us. So we can live in his love and we can live out that love because the Holy Spirit is proof that we live in him. Furthermore, he says in verse 14, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, 
and we have put our trust in him. Yes, we proclaim you, Lord. We proclaim that Jesus is Lord. You know, and that's why I say we should have that banner over our lives. Jesus is Lord, that wherever we go, we proclaim him as Lord. You see, because when we proclaim him as Lord, we know that God is alive in us. When we proclaim Jesus, yes, you are Lord of everything. You are Lord of my coming and my going. You are Lord of my whole life. And I glorify you and I testify and I proclaim that you are Lord. That you are the Son of God. And we can put our trust in him. And then this, for me, is right in the middle of it all. And this is something that is worth remembering and um, learning off by heart is this. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Let's pause. Let's think about that for a moment. You know, this living and loving, living in God and living out of that love is so powerful that God is love. He loved us from the beginning. He loved us before we loved him, and he lives in us. He is alive in us. Grasp hold of that. Allow that to become a revelation into your heart. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we are like Christ here in this world. Again, John takes us to that perspective, you know, that we are not to be afraid of the day of judgment because God is alive in us. He is alive in us. The Spirit is alive in us. Christ is alive in us. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of judgment. And this shows that his love has not been perfected in us. Verse 19 says, we love each other as a result of his loving us first. Living and loving, living in the light, living in the truth, living in God's love and living out of God's love is the way that we should be living and loving. And perfect love, as maybe your version says, cast out all fear. This love, this true love, this real love of God, not an earthly love, but this love of God that he showed us so much by sending his son, Jesus, and this love that he loved us before we even knew him is so powerful. It means that we don't have to do anything. We don't have to perform or we don't have to come to a place of being in this certain place before God loves us. God loves us before everything. And he calls us and he says, I love you so much. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. If you give your my life to you, then I will come and I will live in you. God lives in us. The almighty God lives in us. And that's incredible. Verse 20 says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we, 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 if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we have not seen. And God himself has commanded that we must not, we must love not only him, but our Christian brothers and sisters too. He really, he really says this 
quite a lot in, in this short letter about loving our brothers and sisters. And so we must take heed to that. We must see, yeah, this is really important. If we are saying we love God, but we don't love um, one another, if we're saying we love God and we don't love our brother and sister, then actually John is going as far as saying, you're lying. You don't love God. Because if you love God, you would love your brother, your sister. And that's a challenge. But the truth is, the encouragement is that we have God living in us, we have Christ living in us, we have the Holy Spirit in us, so we are able to love one another. It is possible. Chapter 5 um, is, like I said as I began, chapter 1 starts with us focusing on Jesus, that Jesus is seen, Jesus is heard, Jesus is touched, he's living in the light. And now John takes us back to focusing on Jesus in chapter 5. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And that really isn't difficult. I love that line. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And really, that isn't difficult. For every child of God defeats this evil world by trusting Christ to give the victory. You see, when we live in the light, when we're living in the truth, when we're living in God's love and living out of that love, we will keep his commandments. And it isn't that difficult because, you know, if we stop and we pause and we actually focus on that thought that, yes, God is alive in me, Jesus is alive in me, and the Holy Spirit is alive in me, we have the victory. We really can say, yes, I can overcome all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he says this, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit also gives us the testimony that this is true. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know that this is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe that God, what God has testified about his Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So whoever has God's Son has life. Whoever does not have his Son does not have life. Living and loving with this eternal perspective of life. We, are, we have been given this eternal life and this life is in Christ. So whoever has God's son has life. I'm saying it over your life today. You have life because you proclaim Jesus as your Lord. You have life. So live this life, living and loving. And so I'll come to the conclusion as John comes to a conclusion here. I write to you, he says in verse 13, I write to you who believe in the Son of God. So he's writing to us so that you may know you have eternal life. He really is making sure we understand this, isn't he? And we can be confident that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line, asking for anything in line with his will. 
this is the confidence. We talked about this last week, didn't we, when we were looking at that psalm to begin with, this, this confidence that we have that Christ, that Jesus, that God hears our prayers and he listens and he answers. And he says in verse 16, if you see a Christian brother or sister sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray. And God would give that person life. There is sin. There is a sin that leads to death. And I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. Every type of wrongdoing is sin, but not all sin leads to death. We know that those who have become part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning. For God's son holds them securely and the evil one cannot get his hands on them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the power and control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and he's given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we are in God because we are in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. John reminds us here, yes, he, he's bringing us back to reality here in a way. and saying, look, I understand that, that we live in a world that is, not, that is evil. We live in a world where there is stuff going on around us, which means it's difficult sometimes to live and love as Jesus instructs us. But then he says, come on, I know this truth, but listen to this greater truth. We know that the Son has come and he's given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we are in God because we are in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Hold on to those things as we proclaim him as Lord. Keep God's in, in living in your heart by living and loving by trusting in him, by living in the light, by living in the truth, by living in God's love and living out that God's love. And then verse 21. The final words that John says in this part of his letter are telling, are powerful for me. Dear children, he says, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And I find that really intriguing. As we've been looking at living and loving, the amazing truths of who we are, the incredible truth that God lives in us, that Jesus is alive in us, that his Holy Spirit has anointed us to be able to live this life that he's called us to do, this living and loving, to love one another. He finishes with these words, keep away from anything that may take God's place in your hearts. And I say that over us today. And I challenge us with that today. Keep away from anything that may take God's place in your hearts. And this is something that we all need to deal with in our own way. Are there things that take the place of God in our hearts? I could list a load of things that sometimes take place rather than God in our hearts. But I want to encourage you today to continue, to continue to live in the light, to continue to live in the truth, to continue to live in God's love and to continue to live God's love out, to be someone who is living and loving because of the love of God, because God is alive in you, because Jesus is alive in you. 
Don't let anything take that place in your hearts. Keep going. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep proclaiming Jesus is Lord in your life, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Let's pray. Father, our Father, we come to you today. And first of all, we say thank you that you showed us how much you loved us by sending Jesus, your son, to live, to die, to be buried, but to be risen again. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are our comforter, that you are our enabler. You enable us to be able to live and love as God has asked us to, as Jesus has instructed us to. And I pray, Lord, that Jesus, we, Lord Jesus, that we would live our lives with the perspective of knowing that our, our eternity is now with you, that we can be confident that we no longer need to be afraid. We no longer need to fear because of your love alive in us. And I pray that us, this community of believers, of lovers of you, Lord Jesus, that we will live, that we will love, and we will live it out loud, and we will show others your love. And I'll finish with this verse, John 13, 34 and 35. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Go for it. Believe it. Trust God in it. And I believe we will see and continue to see great things happen because of God's love alive in us. Amen.